sings my soul, my Savior calls to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Son, exalted Son of God, high seated on thy Father's throne, the gifts, the purchase of thy blood to us, thy waiting saints, make known. Come, Holy Ghost, all sacred fire, come fill thy earthly temples now. Emptied of every base desire, reign thou within 
and only thou. Thy sovereign right, thy gracious claim, to every thought and every power, our lives to glorify thy name, we yield thee in this sacred hour. Fill every chamber of the soul, fill all our thoughts, our passions fill, till under thy supreme control, submissive, rests our cheerful will. The altar sanctifies the gift, the blood ensures the boon divine. My outstretched hands to heaven I lift and claim the Father's promise, mine. Now rise, exulting, rise, my soul. Triumphant sing the Saviour's praise. His name through earth and skies extol. With all thy power, through all thy days. One of the purposes of uh, this school is to change the things that you do to keep you focused so that when you come into a, a situation, uh, when you go to church even, you're ready to worship. You don't go in and work yourself up from a place that's cold. You are walking so much in the fact that your life is a constant worship and praise to God that at any moment you can click in. So that's why we have to, the whole theme of today is going to be about focus really, I think, about what we're focused on. That's why I didn't want any interruption of the focus about what the CD was about, but to keep focused on who the CD was worshipping and extolling. It's our, our minds are like birds splitting here and there. They're after everything, aren't they? First thing they can get hold of. Uh, so. I don't know if anyone wants to give any feedback from last night or from yesterday or um, what they, if they have anything to bring to the meeting this morning, whether you've had a dream or a revelation or God's impressing you with something that you want to speak about, just feel free because I just want you to be able to do that. Good. Okay, off you go. I'd just like to share that I feel in a different place spiritually this morning from when I did when I came in yesterday. Um, God had been speaking to me about healing and I've been reading a book. And when Grace shared um, the wonderful testimony of her healing, I felt I should ask her to pray for me. And I know I received something from the Lord yeah. then, mm. so mm. I don't know what it is, but I know I've received from Him. Yeah. Mm. Praise God. It's wonderful. Praise wonderful. God. Wonderful. Yeah, amen. Anyone else, anything? Father, we ask you to increase our consciousness of your divine presence with us. Shut us in today, Lord. Let us be without distraction in your presence. Help us, Lord, not to drift away, but to stay focused on you. And Holy Spirit, we love you. We really welcome you here. Please speak to us all. Don't let us get away with a thing. Press on us on the issues that you want to speak to us about. We want to grow. We want to be fit for this next season in you. Deal with us, Lord, in your mercy. Bring us up to speed. In Jesus' name Amen. and for his sake. Amen. Amen. 
So we're already hearing testimonies of what's happened even over, over one day of how when we actually give God the time, he will start to work and we're open. He will start to work in our hearts. I'm absolutely certain that we are in the last days of the last days, that God is, as Gina's word said, mobilizing his army. Um, and the way that God has had me start this morning is not the way I'd intended to start. I was intended to give you, soak you into a nice quiet start and he said, no, I don't want them soaking, I want them waking. <laughs> so, okay, Father. So we saw yesterday how our hearts responded to the hand of the master potter with that bit of clay. And anyone who wasn't here yesterday and wants to do that, there's a, a bag of clay here somewhere. That's why the oil skin's on the table. And you can grab yourself a bit and start working it if you want to. I think some of us were surprised at what our hearts did when the hand of the potter got on it. And we might well have thought that we were easy enough and not, not got any lumps or bumps that, that needed smoothing out. And God actually showed us that we don't bend very easily sometimes if it's not what we want. So if you want to get a bit, please just help yourselves and uh, help. let him show you how your heart is in his hands. Uh, so that's that bit. Mm. And we also yesterday began to learn how to meditate on the personhood of God himself and his attributes, to train our minds to think about something other than ourselves and our immediate concerns. And we're training ourselves to think more deeply about God and what his word contains. I've got a little... Um, I noticed it was here. Here I go. I did this a long time ago. Thank you, dear. I've described it as my mind. This is my mind. My mind is like a rather scrappy little dog that fancies every time I try to get quiet with the Lord to have a sniff at the dustbin smells that are over there in the corner, which are much more interesting to go. And if you've any of you have had a dog, you know what dogs are like. They'll go for anything. And if it's, it's, they live by their nose, don't they? They lead with the nose. So I had to stick a lead on this thing. Uh, because literally my mind will shuffle off anywhere so in the end I imagined that I got this dog and I put a lead on it and tied it to my right leg mm -hmm. so that every time it went wandering off I went come here <laughs> until eventually I've got the thing under control you may not be like me maybe you haven't got a wandering mind but as soon as I tried to sit down and focus on the Lord or be with him or whatever, a million things used to come into my mind and I have to get up and do it. You know. But a uh, rather graphic little picture there might relate to someone. So we'll be practicing again uh, what we did yesterday. Uh, we did what Graham is pleased to call a Lectio Divina, which is a divine reading. And it simply is looking at a passage from the word reading it over and over again until something actually arrests you you stop when it arrests you and you start to think about it so this is again part of your training of your mind this is where the battleground is isn't it between your ears there is no other battleground other than what's going on up here and if satan can get that he's got you so we looked at Psalm 139 and Isaiah 55, 8 to 11 as, as uh, passages that we might want to uh, meditate on. And today I'm going to add in Psalm 121, which is a wonderful psalm about the keeping power of God. 
So you can choose from any of these because I will give you uh, time to meditate again later on um, because this is how your mind is transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might test and approve what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God, God for us. And the, the someone to one, yeah. And and the way that we do that is by the Word of God. We really do have to discipline ourselves to get into the Word, whether we like it or whether we don't. We wouldn't miss our breakfast. We wouldn't miss our lunch. We'll make sure we get fed. But we're sloppy about getting fed on the Word of God sometimes. And we must have it. And the passage that actually jumped out at me this morning was Deuteronomy 8, of all things. All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you should be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God swore to give to your forefathers. The first course we ever did here, residential, was possessing the land. It was regaining your inner territory. I think the Lord has actually said to me, because there's another one coming up in July, which is um, living to please God. And I thought, how am I going to keep on getting stuff for more and more moguls? He said, you're going to rotate them. So what's going to happen then is it will trip back into the first one, but of course there will be added because all the time he's adding to my well and storehouse. That will be uh, padded out, more information will come on that, but the, what he's done is given me the framework for each one so that actually what will happen is a rotation of these things. So what it's all about is going in and possessing the land. And you should remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. And he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, that's what Grace said about the manna, which you didn't know nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. If you don't take in the word of God, if you don't spend time on a regular basis with him, you'll wither on the vine. You won't bear any fruit. And the enemy loves it. He's only got to pull you away once or twice. And before you know where you are, you can't get back. Um, it's a gradual process that he pulls you away. So what I'm trying to do, and what I believe the Lord wants to do, is to really get you focused. The Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Is that your understanding? That for eternity you'll be glorifying God and enjoying him forever? You heard the beginning of that uh, Mike Bickle CD there, that's who it was. It was the Adoration of the Bride of Christ, of, of her Messiah. That is what God wants to bring us to now. Some of the things that Graham is coming out with now is, uh, you will hear him saying, it's my turn. It's not about you anymore. I want my enjoyment too. Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry about this, it's the technology, you know. <laughs> so, our first session today will be about focus, but it'll also be about how it feels to be unfocused and how it feels to be fully focused 
and from this you'll be able to tell whether you are focused or not. Uh, so what I'm going to do right now is what I promised to do um, yesterday which is to model for you my own personal psalm of praise to the Lord um, and one of your tasks today as I mentioned yesterday uh, will be to write one for yourself a hymnody, a song, I looked it up this morning that hymnody it's a psalm, song of praise um, and I'm going to read what my own list of what God is to me personally in a minute that's not exhaustive either so two little tasks today one is to write a eulogy of praise like a psalm to God and I'll, as I say I'll model it for you in two ticks so that you know what that sounds like and you've got something, an idea but this is so personal because it's your walk with him and also begin to consider what he is to you and begin to write your personal list so I will start with the one that I wrote Father you are altogether glorious everything you touch carries the fragrance and passion of your manifest presence you're wonderful awe-inspiring and magnificent you're kind-hearted gracious loving good-natured and benevolent you're generous cordial approachable and thoughtful you are slow to anger and swift to bless the good acknowledging the treasure and worthiness you inspire confidence renew our self-worth and put a smile on our hearts you are captivating beautiful and completely lovely you are powerful and strong a force to be reckoned with a conqueror and an overcomer you are a fierce and mighty warrior the fear of you is just the beginning of wisdom whatever you are you are infinitely it's impossible for you not to be everlasting endless and eternal you are the greatest endless and eternal expression of goodness kindness and grace you're everlastingly kind and merciful and eternally loving you love infinitely and without boundaries there is no end to your kindness you are totally perfect infinitely good and perfectly good you are perfect love and grace your love is complete wholesome and perfect you're always loving because you are infinite and perfect you are immutable you never change what you were you are and always will be as I said to you this is the attribute of God that's gripping me at the moment his unchangeableness you've placed me in the one place where I can always get my needs met where I can relate to you in all my changeableness you put me into Christ so that his unchanging infinite and perfect love can become a constant to me as I grow up in him thank you father you are never indifferent your silence is just silence you're never detached aloof or unresponsive reflecting on your constancy and unchangeable nature makes me want to cry you bring peace to me by your constancy Thank you, Father, that as I sink back into your rest and constancy, I know that all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. I can feel my heart settling down into you, into your eternal, unchanging nature of goodness, faithfulness, and love. I find a safety in your arms I could never have imagined, a place where I can leave all my cares and concerns safely, 
because you are infinitely more concerned about them than I am and you have the solution to them all. What joy, what confidence, what radiant satisfaction to be in the place where all my needs are met and my heart is filled afresh with the bounty of you. You withhold nothing of yourself from me. Grant me, Father, to withhold nothing of myself from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So that is my um, eulogy, if you like. Someone's just asked if, if uh, this is a psalm or whatever it is. It's just a, it's a eulogy, as I would call it, to God. Um, and there are two separate tasks I'm asking you to do because I've got to keep you busy. One is to write a psalm like this, and it keeps you focused. Um, keep you busy, keep you focused on him. But the other one, and I'll read it now and then you'll understand more. This is my little book of prayers and proclamations falling apart as any good book should when it's been well used. Um, uh, Derek and Ruth Prince, some of you probably have got a copy of it, but you personalise it because you put your own bits and pieces in it. And what I've written in the back is what I call my praise page. And this is the way it goes. And this is the one that I said to you yesterday. I, I read it to someone and they laughed. And I felt it was inappropriate laughter because they couldn't take what I was saying. But I, I didn't know quite how to respond to it when they laughed, quite frankly. I just sort of sat there and thought, oh. So, for me, God is great and worthy of praise. He's majestic, holy, whole, complete, without imperfection. He's beautiful, measureless, timeless, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. He's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's good. He's kind, he's infinite and he's eternal. He's the king of kings, the supreme ruler of the universe. He's the leader and the captain of the host. Saviour, Deliverer, Almighty God. He is supreme and he has the supremacy. He is the supreme majesty of majesties. There is none like him. He is eternal, he is wise, he is faithful, glorious, merciful, just, forgiving and immutable. He is a creator, awesome. He is peace and he is righteousness. He is unsearchable, steadfast, secure, invisible, almighty. He's sovereign and is the sovereign, jealous God. He's pure and wonderful. He's love and he is perfectly lovely. He's limitless, light, tender, true, truth. Splendid, resplendent, marvellous, strong, mighty. And he is near. So those are the things that I wrote over a course of a, a little while. And that's just to give you an example of the sort of thing that I'm suggesting that you do. And someone has pointed out that I didn't actually speak out onto the CD the prayer that I, um, my crafted prayer that I prayed yesterday or spoke out yesterday. Um, 
I have various books. One is a little thank you book, a little tiny book in which I trained myself to be thankful to God. So I would sit down and, and thank him and it, of course because it has become a habit this morning what happened when we came into worship I'm just saying thank you, thank you, thank you because that is what's coming out of my heart. We go to God so often and we grumble and we complain and we give him our list and we rush in and we rush out and he's drawing a breath and we've gone. So there needs to be a consideration of your time before him. It's, it's precious with him. He just adores it. Anything he can get with you, he absolutely adores it. And I don't see that it's right to give him the dog end myself. I mean, we're, we're all busy people. We all have things and tasks and deadlines to meet. So you have to work it out how you can. But for me, I started this when I think it was the first uh, of the prophetic conferences with Graham Cook when he started to teach us about crafting prayers and I was giving the girls uh, one or two examples of them yesterday. Um, with my crafted prayers and if there is Graham's book is around somewhere on crafted prayer if you haven't got it um, you use them until God tells you to stop Joyce and I, as I said yesterday, are still praying the, um, the ter anti-terrorist prayer that we started after the bombings in uh, London in July a couple of years ago. And what we have seen, I'm sure as many other people doing it as well, what we have seen since we started praying those prayers is answers. Because just this very morning I went into my laptop and I saw that in Bristol the, the police, by a covert operation, have uncovered some Islamic people. They've done one controlled explosion and they are about to do another one today. And we, are, we have seen these people being brought to justice, that proper sentences being passed without fear of reprisal. We have seen things being diffused because that is part of the, if you want the anti-terrorist prayer, we have got a couple of copies of it. It's the one that we handed out at the uh, first conference, ladies conference, because the prophecy is that Britain will be saved by praying women. So you can guess what the enemy wants to do, can't you? Get you off duty. So, here's the one that I don't think I read out. If I did, will you, if you've heard this, stop me and then so we won't repeat it. Um, Father, I thank you. What you've set aside for us is so powerful, so profound. You've made provision. And Father, our job in this whole thing is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, is to respond to who you are and all that you are doing. I thank you that part of what you're doing is just to expose in us what needs to change next. And when you show us that, you also want to show us your provision for just that situation. I thank you there is never going to be a time when you don't show us something wrong without showing us the glory and majesty of heaven that is going to come. I ask that we will live as excited people, that we will be excited about everything, excited about where I've changed and excited about the next change you're going to make. Because as I cooperate with you, I'm going to grow from glory to glory, strength to strength in the hand of God. 
I thank you, Lord, that you've made provision for each one of us exactly where we are right now. I pray that we will have the pleasure of responding to you, that we will be childlike and simple <coughs> excuse me, in this whole approach, Father, that what you want next, you get next, that we will be happy in our submission to you, happy in our cooperation, delighted to take part in the next thing you're doing, not daunted by our weakness or our faults or our flaws, but excited that you've got a plan because you know the plans and purposes you have for us to give us a future and a hope. I pray that in our own sequences of change will come a faith to enable us to go to other people who are struggling and say God has got a plan for this struggle and it's glorious and you are going to love it and it's going to give to you what you most need what you are really hungry for and are crying out for that we become Lord through our own cooperation we become architects of somebody else's increase in strength and building so Father I pray would you just give us a spirit of wisdom to understand the processes that we're in and to cooperate with you and enjoy that we would enjoy even our changes for Jesus sake Amen Here we go. We're going off on a on a on a sidewinder here. This has just been reminded me. This book is the one that I really recommend that you get your nose into after this course, The Nature of God, and it talks about upgrading um, your image of God. How we have to upgrade our image of God when we're coming into something different, and He's constantly taking us, testing us on what He's taught us, and then taking us into another level where you don't recognise the scenery at all. Uh, that is a growth process but the Lord has just reminded me right now and this I feel so strongly in the season we're not in a season we're in a new era in God and Graham says here I strongly believe that a major shift is coming in the Western Church we are embarking on a time when the church will stop explaining who God is and begin proclaiming his nature his acts and his glory God does not need to be explained, he needs to be lauded, he needs to be proclaimed and worshipped. He needs people who are going to shout out who he really is and what he's really like. His good news is the best news of all. In a world consumed by heartache, sin, pain and bad news, Christians can offer the good news of who God really is. So in my heart and what is driving me right now is declaration and proclamation. I make various declarations and proclamations in the morning. I pray uh, scriptures over myself in the morning as a regular routine. These things are not just, um, oh, I've done it once or twice and it didn't work, so I've laid it down. God is testing your faithfulness in these things. He wants you to persist. As someone said yesterday, shouldn't we only ought to have to pray once for things? Well, it depends on what God tells you. You always have to go back to him and say, Father, is it time we finish praying this now? We asked him about uh, the terrorist prayer and we did not get a stop, <laughs> did we, Joyce? No. <laughs> we got a resounding silence, so we carried on. So during the course of this day, I will be giving you some more prayers to pray as you want to. I don't know whether you've prayed the ones you were given yesterday. 
but if you have you'll begin to feel things happening because the, the God will take you at your word um, and he'll begin to answer that prayer so crafted thought out prayers are extremely good if you look at the prophets um, Ezekiel Jeremiah these guys they they went from place to place they had time to work out what they were going to say we're so quick to speak without actually thinking it through what do you how do you want to deliver this what is what are you saying what do you want to achieve by this word father we need to constantly go back to him to find out what it is he wants to achieve we can birth a prayer or a prophetic word very too much too soon if we don't actually uh, incubate it a bit so I'll just give you a 10 minute break now and then we'll come back at half past 12 if that's okay there we're on that's it so this one is called life in the spirit but the other title for it really is focus because this is the one you'll be able to see whether you are actually focused or not you signed up for this weekend presumably because you're fed up with where you are you know there's something bigger and better out there but you aren't quite sure what it is or how to get a grip on it this session like the others will enable you to do an honest self-examination of where you are right now where you're going where you're headed it will give you the steps to bring you into a different place in God should you decide to come into agreement with them God's expectation is that you will grow that's not unreasonable when we have a child our expectation is that it will grow and become a mature adult and this whole weekend is about that process of growth how he measures it and unless we can see what's hindering our growth we can't make the choices to move on so the first thing we're seriously looking at is what we spend all our time concentrating on what consumes us where does our money go where does our time go where does our mind come to rest what is the default position of your mind what does it do when it's not thinking about the shopping or making the beds or whatever where does it rest is it Jesus I am resting resting in the joy of what thou art as I read yesterday is it be thou my vision or is it something else I want to read you a scripture Luke 10 and I'm reading from verses 38 to 42 in the New American Standard Version now that's very familiar this as they were travelling along he entered a certain village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home and she had a sister called Mary who moreover was listening to the Lord's word seated at his feet but Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone then tell her to help me she answered her own question don't you care well you must do then tell her to help me I've never noticed that before <laughs> till I read it 
He didn't say that though, but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Very, very familiar scripture we've heard about Mary and Martha so often. It's about focus. What's yours? Martha's was obvious. To establish yours, just think about what you think about the majority of the time. It could be yourself, your needs, your wants, your desires, your ambitions, I want, I think, I feel. Next door but one there, their focus is on animals, particularly horses. Every waking moment is spent looking after them, feeding, grooming, training, transporting, showing them. They've got four horses, four and a half, bit blown off one. They've got a t tiny full size, a full, full, it's a f fully grown horse, but it's a miniature and it's a stallion. And that is the one that makes all the noise, isn't it? They've got two dogs and goodness knows how many cats and a few ducks. <laughs> and they don't know any better. So what's your life's goal? If you like, what are you aiming at? Or aren't you aiming at anything? You know what they say, if you aren't aiming at anything, you're sure to hit it. <laughs> Focus is anything that consumes your time, your energy, your finances and your attention. So have a little think for a moment and write down your conclusion. Be honest with yourself, don't go all super spiritual. Even while I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has been showing you things. So have a little think, what is it? Okay, you'll be getting the idea of it by now. And you know what's coming. <laughs> Your primary focus should be on God. If the enemy can blur that, make you lose your vision, become distracted, he can master you. What you think about God is the single most important thing in your life. You might think other things are, but actually what you think about him is the single most important thing in your life. You're going to spend eternity with him. You know the second track on that Mike Bickle one, the um, bride anth uh, Bride's Anthem, um, is all about celebrating with him for eternity, dancing with him for eternity. We need to start preparing now for the fact that we're going to spend eternity with him. He should be our, any bride her focus is her bridegroom. Last year we went to the wedding of the year, didn't we? And for a whole year, I tell you, it had been <coughs> wedding, 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 down to the last buttonhole button. It was about the wedding. We are going to a wedding and we are the bride. When anything grows larger internally than your relationship with God, you've lost your focus. If you're in ministry, if that becomes more important than your relationship with God, you've lost your focus. When your ministry to others is outgrowing your time of fellowship with God, you are in for a season of fractured focus.
focus. When we've been here about a year and I've been working flat out because this was the vision, this was gold, healing ministry was what God had called us into, we'd finally got our residential place, we were booked three months in advance, absolutely, suddenly God calls me to a seven day fast. At the end of it, he said, the last day, as the God of the last minute, I want you to take 21 days off. Had to cancel everything, go down, went down to Seton. A friend of ours had a lovely little bungalow down there she was renting. Got down there and I thought, what on earth am I down here for? Got 20 days of this. You know, there's so much to be done. So, as is my wont, I went pottering around the second-hand shops. <laughs> and I'm looking through the t-shirts there. Saw one, pulled it out. Written right across the front of it was First Love. And I thought, I know why I'm down here. You know, in Revelation, he doesn't say you've lost it. He says you've left it. He says you've walked away from your first love. So for the next 20 days he got me back and focused because the ministry had become more important than my relationship with him. He won't have it. He'll take it away from you. Because he will, he's a jealous God and he's jealous for us. So anything that gets in the way is going to be pushing it out of the way. In the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord high and lifted up. So Luke 10, Mary and Martha. Martha would have been right in any other situation, but Jesus was there. And so she was wrong and Mary was right. Because that whole passage is about focus. And focus will determine your level of power and influence. Whatever has the capacity to keep your attention has power and influence over you. And your focus determines your energy. I didn't sleep very well last night. I woke in the night, don't know what time. I wasn't going to have a look because I didn't want to see. But I woke up with what, about, about half past six, with what Joyce would call night duty tummy, which means I felt slightly nauseous because I hadn't had enough sleep. So I know enough now that when I feel like that is to turn to my beloved and worship him because as I get my focus off of trying to drag myself around, he actually infuses me with his strength. And my prayer this morning was, Lord, not strengthen me, but be my strength. You'll take me through today. I haven't given it another thought until this moment that I'm speaking it out. So you don't go dragging yourself around because you've had a bad night's sleep. You focus on him. Because if you're dragging yourself around, guess where your focus is? on yourself and the en enemy will say oh poor old you as soon as you get the opportunity you must have a lay down because you see this is what I was saying to the Lord this morning I expect some of the girls haven't slept too well so I'll bring them gently into the day no you won't <laughs> I want to wake them up I want to get them out of their comfort zone oh Lord I'm looking for soldiers and not chocolate ones We're all in the army, you see, whether we realise it or not, we're all in the army. We have a place, to, to, a, 
part to play. As I think it was Gina was saying yesterday, if, if someone steps out, the rest of us have actually got close crow's ranks and do twice as much as we should be having to do because that piece of the puzzle isn't there. Mm. That reminds me. There was something I was... I shall do it in a minute. No, I won't. I'll do it now. Thank you, Lord. Someone was here um, some last June and I played one of Graham's uh, soaking CDs and this was what she saw because she just got taken away in the spirit and she wrote this she's not she's not from she didn't even know what the Shekinah glory was so she she'd written Shania glory because she didn't know what it was God spoke to her about it my beloved treasure you saw my Shekinah glory you felt my spirit pour into yours rather like Grace described about her healing. That's what she felt was the, the spirit pour into her. The scales were lifted from your eyes. You asked to see me and you saw. I gave you a glimpse of me, of my love for you, of my safe place. I gave you insight to where I live. You felt the purity, the holiness and my house, the kingdom of God. Now you know why earthly things cannot be mixed with heavenly things. Why holiness cannot be tainted by unclean things. They are worlds apart. My hand will not allow you to be defiled by lowly things that bear no fruit. There is no comparison between what I have for you and the things you think you need. I want you to know me, of how my plans for you are only for your good. Don't settle for what the flesh offers you when I have so much, much more than you can imagine. Now your spirit has seen me. Allow yourself to trust in me. Give yourself to me and I will show you a life not many have travelled. Have no thoughts of yourself and I will take you places in your heart that nothing in this world can. The I am is here and I will never leave you. Rejoice in my name, O heavenly child. Be at rest and know I have begun a great work in you and I intend to finish it. My rest will bring you great joy and happiness. So rest, my child. You cannot win your own battles. Am I not big enough? I will teach you and I will show you everything you need to know. I will take you from glory to glory. I will show you the time and place of the work I've assigned and planned for you. Now you have some idea of my power. Rest and allow me to work through you. Give me what I ask. Do not be afraid, for I would not have called you out of darkness to abandon you. Lift up your eyes to me, O child, and all will be given to you. Believe, believe, believe. It's time to change. It's time to run the race. It's time to decide to go forward. Take the baton with a single mind. I'm with you and I'm for you. Kingdom work is ahead and my army is putting on its battle dress. Get ready, my child, for my hand is upon you and I will deliver you through every situation by glorifying my name. I love you, I love you, I love you. Fill your heart with songs of praise and know that on this day the heavens were opened and poured out onto you. Bless you, my child. In amongst that, there is a warning 
Now you know why earthly things cannot be mixed with heavenly things. This day that person has gone away from the Lord. Because Satan came along with exactly what she thought she wanted and she could not resist the temptation. She'll come back and he'll do it. But every day I lift her before the Lord because it actually breaks my heart. There's a call of God, a strong call of God on her. Mm. And so therefore, as Joyce is always saying, your tests are commensurate with the call. The higher the call on your life, the higher and stronger the tests will be. Because that is one of the ways that he tests us. I've come into it, I expect, somewhere. It came to me that when we were actually worshipping this morning, and I thought, I must get that out, and then I got carried away with, with worship. So essentially, focus is all about alignment. Alignment with the Holy Spirit and His desires for your life. So let's have a look at some signs of non-alignment. Physically, you will feel tense. There will be stress around your life versus the rest and peace of God. Emotionally, you'll feel upset. Fear, worry and doubt will come in. Mentally, you'll feel resistance as if you're fighting something. Spiritually, non-alignment makes you feel you're under attack and you may mistake this for spiritual warfare. What I felt the Lord say when I was in the loo just then was that uh, none of us have yet been in warfare. None of us. No matter what we have actually experienced, it's not been warfare. Uh, some of it's just been life. Some of it's been of our own making. Some of it has been training. But the real warfare we haven't yet experienced because there's a total difference between uh, the training ground, the proving ground and the battlefield, if you like, the battleground. Um, but we're coming towards the place uh, where, as Gina's prophecy said, it's getting darker and darker and the battle will actually begin to start. So we've got to be ready for it. And as Graham would say, relish the fight. You should have heard what he, things he prayed before his Way of the Warrior conference made my blood run cold. I'll talk about challenging the art, the enemy, you know. It was like you uncircumcised Philistine, come over here, I'll chop her head off and spit down your neck. And I'm thinking, whoops, there's a warrior. So, other signs will be loss of appetite, or the reverse, overeating for comfort, loss of sleep, tension, stress, headaches, even flu-like symptoms, tired, listless, nervous, maybe just wanting to hide, wanting to get away from everything, doing something physical rather than spiritual, can't be bothered to pray, so you clean the house or the car or you go to the gym or you watch television at 10 o'clock in the morning. That is non-alignment. Emotionally, when you're non-aligned, you can be reactive against people and situations. You see the worst. You speak without thinking. You're anxious, full of worry, fear, anger, rejection. You're irritable. Take everything as an offence. Feel rejected at the slightest thing. You're sad and you're moody and you have a roller coaster of emotions. Sometimes you get to the place where you're just cynical, mistrustful, and mentally you question everything and become super analytical. You speculate, you pick holes in things, or you replay events negatively. And guess what? 
every time you reply it it gets more negative and the enemy adds some more we used to say you nurse it curse it rehearse it and sure enough it grows you know you're suspicious about people and their motives and so on you take snapshots which aren't true and come to conclusions that only reinforce your opinion when you're non-aligned barriers are raised against God against people resistance forms and we man the barricades then to repel the truth from other people we just won't receive it we are defensive and selectively deaf like I said like about rabbit you know with his beans in his ears we resist the Holy Spirit and the truth that he wants to bring and when people try to bring it we think they have some kind of wrong motive so we so if you are feeling controlled right now ask yourself am I exercising self-control here when you're non-aligned your natural mind has to have the upper hand poor alignment brings us into negativity unbelief woundedness poor relationships and condemnation choice little group in it there is no recognizable pattern to your thoughts because the enemy is not that dumb he just takes you into areas of the flesh and right away from the spirit if you don't practice agreement between yourself and the Holy Spirit you will be soulish led mostly by your feelings and your emotions and heavily influenced by rational thinking so what does alignment look like physically you're ready for the fight you're resting internally you're at peace you may feel apprehensive but you're willing to be involved with God you're alert in fellowship with him full of mercy kindness and good fruit you're walking in the spirit life in the spirit is about digging out a well it's about displacement it's about letting the Lord take out of you what shouldn't be there so he can put in what he most wants to give you himself it's about getting the rubbish out so God can put the good things in it's about making sure that the Holy Spirit has enough room inside of you to move and accomplish all he wants to accomplish in you and through you I discovered just recently that the Holy Spirit doesn't like being in a box he likes room to stretch. Have you ever watched a man sit down? He takes up far more room than a woman. They, they lay down, their legs are out there, their arms are over the chair. They really spread, don't they? Well, he's like that. He likes to stretch. This means that things will have to go inside of you to make more room for him. What you're hanging on to is rubbish anyway, so why not de decide on a rubbish clearance? and the starting point for spiritual breakthrough lies in the will the truth does not set you free until you experience it a head full of knowledge is useless a sustained breakthrough is when faith and focus come together and stay together we don't want a breakthrough that is lost before you get down the path out there <laughs> I'll be banging on about this it's not that difficult to break through what is difficult is to hold the ground that you've then broken through into the road to hell it is said is paved with good intentions so we don't want in good intention good intentions we want intentional will choices combined with faith and focus a sustained breakthrough will depend on the will and the spirit combining if you have a flabby will it isn't making choices 
<clears throat> it hasn't been exercised. And like faith, it's, it's a muscle that needs exercise to keep it fit. It's much more important to exercise your will and faith muscles than to spend time at the gym, actually. Satan attacks your mind and your emotions to subvert your will. So your will needs to be operative. That's why I'm always banging on about choices. You have to make these choices. Every time you come into a situation, you have a choice about how you will respond. Very good book. Elaine's got hers there. Lord, change my attitude before it's too late. I have at least one person that said it's actually saved her marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, I've, I've only read about three pages and I'm going to go back to the beginning and I'm not going to rush through it. No, so it has it's not, to, you know, it's not a... It's not a rush-through book, is it? <laughs> no. And one of the things he says is, you start off at chapter one and he says, did you read the introduction? No, you didn't. I'll just wait here while you go back and read it. <laughs> I think, yes, I have read it, but I've gone back and I, I realised that the bits I, I like to interact with the book that's, you know... Yeah. This, so this I lady. I go back and find it quickly, yeah. and I scribble, yes, please, Lord, down the side, and all yeah. this kind of thing. And, yeah. and so, um, it's choices, it's about choices. It's really about doing business with God and saying, I'm fed up with myself. When the time comes that you're actually fed up with yourself, you're in a brilliant position yeah. because God will say, That's wonderful, you just stepped over the line, and you're in agreement with me, you're in alignment now. Uh, at the last conference, I think I gave out uh, the prayer of alignment, and I did do some this morning. I'm not sure quite what I did with them. Oh, here we are. There's some here. Now, this is radical living. If we want to do some of these, I did. I did. Um, I'll read them out in a minute. But I did hand some out at the last conference because, as I've said a lot of times, it's interesting the way the Lord has brought us in the first three conferences of this year, the baton that is, um, particularly the one about submission and it was all about leaning on the beloved because if we're not submitted to God, that is where everything pivots on the amount of submission that you actually have in your heart. It's another little exercise you might do. Draw yourself a, a circle, like a pie chart they call it, and divide it up and ask the Lord how much of your life is actually under his dominion and how much you reserve the right to actually choose and do exactly what you want to do. That's a good little one. That's someone I tried that with. And uh, she showed me her result. I said, no, darling, you're not being honest with yourself. Because she said, I think about that much, you know, with just about the um, small piece like that wasn't under God's... Uh, I said, no, no, no. It's the other way around, darling. <laughs> that's the bit that's... Oh, I'm doing it anymore. It's stupid. I thought, that's it. Just proved it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it, can you? So, the will is... is a, a, is it, sorry, it is a process, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, I'm going to be quite honest here. I asked the Lord some time ago about how much to give you, and I've been trying to change his mind, and he wouldn't have it. <laughs> what we're talking about now, sorry. No, we're talking about money, aren't we? Oh, You're talking no. about... No, no, no. No, no, no. But, uh, talking how about, much of you is under uh, How much? Oh, no, I'm not talking about money control. at all, no. No, no. No, no, I'm not With talking about money. Chart. Yeah. No? Well, it'll be in there somewhere, but that was yeah. not what I was talking about. No, no, I'm no, no, but that's part of it, Elaine is saying. Yes, and it that's is. what she's struggling with, that, with yes. God. Yes, that's what I was trying to, yeah. Yeah. to come over with. Yeah. yeah. Just being totally honest, yes. you know. 
And it, it's, it was ridiculous, but you know, they are. I mean, I mean, going on to that, some people, God will say a very small amount, and they struggle with it's too small. Yes. I want to give her more. Well, yeah. no, that's what I'm telling you yeah. to give. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it is. We know here that if anyone gives, it is given because they've prayed about it and he tells them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're absolutely astonished at what someone will leave us overnight. Um, and we know they've prayed about it, so we don't question it. It's it's very interesting you brought that up because I said to the Lord, "Do you want me to say anything?" No, you don't need to say a word about anything. I said, "Okay, fine. It's fine. It's not an issue with me. I don't say anything about it." And then you <laughs> brought it well, up because there's part of me that loves to give. You know, that's I right. Love I to know. Give. But then there's other little bit rises up. So we're quite sure that's the right amount, Lord. Mm. You know? No, no, because yeah. if I didn't give him quite so much, I could do this. You know, yeah. that's just a little voice that just kept coming. Mm. That's coming. it. Mm. The Lord said, "No." I mean, it can be your time, anything, you see. Time, yes, whatever mm. Anything. Uh, you, you, what you eat, what you wear, it can be any your holidays, where you choose mm. to. Just have a look at how much is not under the Lordship. This is why last time I gave the Lordship prayer out, I think it was last time, because many, many Christians are born again believers. Uh, they have Jesus as Saviour, but they don't have him as Lord. And so there's no power in their life, no. There's no power because he isn't Lord and he isn't, they don't know him as that. Anyway, so the will is the vehicle for the presence and power of God. Your will is the vehicle for faith. You choose whether you're going to believe it or not. If you've got unbelief, it's a simple choice. I know people have wrestled with this and I'm saying you can choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. It's that simple. So you step out on the water and find it's concrete. Lord, I choose to trust you. Everything in you is hanging on. But it's your will. So your will needs to be put in God's hands. Victory comes from a submissive will. From a will that is submitted to the greatness and goodness of God. Years ago, because I'd made such a mess of it, I realised that the only place for my will was in God's hands. And we do say, don't we, again, it's in front of my nose here for some reason or other. I believe the greatest prayer of faith we can say, if we mean it, is, Lord, thy will be done. If we can pray that and mean it, there's a tremendous liberty because God is for us. He's on our side. And this is, this is my Psalms of Ascent notes here. The prayer of the pilgrim is characterised by an exclamation mark, not a question mark. Thy will be done, exclamation mark. We say it, don't we? In the Lord's Prayer, do we mean it? We don't realise the scope of saying to him, Thy will be done, because we're looking at, at, you know, get them straightened out. Thy will be done, Lord, over there. You little poor, they don't half need it. Years ago, <laughs> I said to the Lord, You best have my will, because it's free will is just a name for nothing, as far as I'm concerned. I've made a terrible decision at the time, and I won't tell you what it was, but he got me out of it. There it was, got my will. So I said, is it in there? Yes, do you want me to show you? No, don't open it up, it might come out. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got my will like this. Every now and again I say to me, show me you've got it, haven't you? Yes, don't open it up, it might come out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in there, he has my will. My right to choose has been handed over to him freely and happily, because I know that he wants the best for me. And 
whatever I come up against is going to be his will for me. It's a tremendous freedom because I don't start fighting the enemy when it's not the enemy. You'll find that out in a minute with other things. So you can't manifest anything in the spirit if your will is working against you. Submission to God comes first. If he's our focus, we will magnify him and everything else will shrink. So what are you magnifying right now? Another little question. What is looming large in front of your nose right now? What are you magnifying? Is it him? We will always magnify something. Question. Is what you are currently magnifying good or bad for you? Is it empowering you or reducing you? Is it introducing doubt and unbelief? You get to choose what you think. So stop and take stock. What am I magnifying right now? Is it doing me good? Instead, use your will to magnify him, give thanks to him. This aligns you with the Holy Spirit. In Amos 3.3 it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? So you take your emotions and you put them firmly at the feet of your will. That's a real good exercise. So right now we'll finish there and we'll take a break and take stock and we'll be honest with ourselves. What have we been magnifying? Is it good or bad? Is it empowering me? Is it reducing me? Is it introducing doubt and unbelief? Okay then, God bless you. Thank you for listening.